Pastor Katie. Here in just a moment, I'll be reading from Jonah chapter 3 as we continue on in our February sermon series on the book of Jonah, entitled Jonah the Pouty Prophet. But first, one of the elements that we had um, to eliminate for the time being because of COVID, uh, one of the elements of worship that we had to eliminate for the time being because of COVID is uh, the passing of the peace. And in an age in which we are told that we are more connected than ever before because of our devices and technology, uh, we're actually more disconnected uh, than we've ever been as a humanity. And so that's why um, movements like the passing of the peace are so important. So this morning we're going to do a modified version. You stay in your seat, look to the people on the side of you or behind you, in front of you, and just say, God loves you. Okay? Let's try it. God loves you. You too. Isn't that nice? It's good. It is good. It is good. Never seen you all smile so much. Beautiful. Jonah chapter 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried, Forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them. But he did not do it. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that we are able to, to see with clarity today the intersection between Jonah's experience and our own. We pray that we see the intersection between the people of Nineveh's experience and our own. 
pray, God, that we encounter your word in a way that turns out to be meaningful for us, individually and collectively. We ask once more that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. Amen. After fleeing from God's call to go to Nineveh and to proclaim a word there, or at least trying to flee from God's call, after ending up being thrown overboard from a ship, after being swallowed up by a really big fish, after being spewed upon the dry land, Jonah finally does what God asked him to do in the first place. Go to Nineveh and cry out to the people there on behalf of the Lord. Jonah finally does just that. Jonah gets there and he makes his way about a third of the way into this, this city when he stops to make his proclamation. And the best he can come up with is 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. Or if you prefer, 40 days more, and Nineveh will be no more. Like that's the best he could come up with. After all that he's been through, after all these dramatic moments, fishes' bellies and storms and ships and all this high drama, and he finally gets there, and all we get is 40 days, and Nineveh will be no more. We don't even get a, a thus says the Lord, or a hear ye, hear ye. He doesn't say anything to them to, to make them believe that he's actually there speaking on behalf of the Lord. All he says is 40 days, and Nineveh will be flipped turned upside down. A little homework for you this week, an experiment of sorts. Sometime this week, go over to the village or maybe downtown Southern Pines or Cannon Park or your favorite marina and just let out a big shout. 40 days and your homes will be no more. Go and give it a try. See how well it is received. And when the police show up, just tell them it's okay. One of my pastors said it was okay. You're probably going to get some strange looks even if they don't call the police. You're definitely not going to have to worry about anybody wanting to come up and have a conversation with you. And you might want to make sure you have on your running shoes in case... Somebody six their dogs on you. Go give it a try. You can report back next week for extra credit. You know, that's what I find intriguing about the whole Nineveh narrative. Jonah comes into their city as an outsider, seemingly with no known authority, with, with no credentials. And he goes into the city and he just shouts this, this, this loud declaration that they're all going to be flipped, turned upside down, and they listen. 
Not only do they listen, but they repent. Who does that? Just after hearing those few words from this peculiar little prophet, they listen and they change? It's just a few words. It almost seems too good to be true. You're all people. Tell me, who changes that quickly? And the crazy thing is that in this city that's a three-day walk wide, Jonah was only one mile in. Yet it seems as if the repentance spreads like wildfire all throughout the city. Repentance everywhere. Even the animals repent. Even the cows repent. I grew up near a lot of pastures that were full of cows. And let me tell you, if there was ever a non-repentant animal, it would be a cow. They make no apologies for being who they are, but in Nineveh, even the herds repent. Kings and cattle, old and young, all of Nineveh repents, and in response, the Lord repents from the Lord's plan to wipe them out. It's quite the turnaround story. It's quite the rescue story. It is quite the story. One commentator that I read this week said that uh, the story of Nineveh's repentance after hearing Jonah's few words, uh, had a never-never land quality to it. Never-never land. You know, like, it's almost too good to be true. I want to push back on that, though. I want to push back on that. Because I want us to hold on to the possibility that a whole city can change for the better. I want us to hold on to the possibility that a, a whole nation can change for the better. I want us to hold on to the possibility that a whole world can change for the better. I want us to hold on to the possibility that that goodness is still possible in all places. I want us to hold on to the possibility that, that, that God is even going to save those people. I want us to hold on to the possibility that that grace does, in fact, work in mysterious ways. I want us to hold on to the possibility that uh, just a few words can go a long way in the redemption of many. It's so easy to fall into cynicism and despair. We constantly turn on the television or log into the computer, or, or pick up our smartphone, and we see Nineveh being laid waste due to one thing or another. Not just in one particular place, but in all corners of the world. We all the time pick up the remote and turn on the television, or log into the computer, or pick up the smartphone, and we see God's beloved Ninevites suffering in various capacities. Not just in one city, but in all places rural and urban, near and far. It's so easy to fall into cynicism and despair 
when we are constantly bombarded with the threats of the worst case scenario, day after day after day. It's so easy, and we fall into this cynicism and despair, and as a result, we lose hope. We start to become like Jonah. Nineveh? Nah. Those people, no help or hope for them. But what we don't realize, friends, is that when we say there's no hope for someone else, we're at the same time saying that there's no hope for us. But it is possible. This is not Never Never Land. It is possible. And there is hope. Whole cities, whole communities, whole worlds can change and become a better version of their current self. And why is it possible? Because the earth is still the Lord's and all that is in it. And so long as our little piece of Nineveh exists, or somebody else's little piece of Nineveh exists, then there is hope. And all it may take is just a few little words to bring about a whole lot of good change. A few words can go a long way in making the world brighter. So maybe instead of the previously proposed experiment shouting in public places, maybe it would do us well instead to try to use a few words here and there to bring about some optimism, some positivity, some grace, some hope, some love. Maybe instead of 40 days and your homes will be no more, or, well, if this and that happens, you know, we're all in big trouble. We should try a few words of a different variety in our actions, in our interactions this week and beyond. Just a few words. Things like, you know what? The world's a better place because you're in it. I'm proud of you. Keep being you. God loves you. Just a few words. It doesn't have to be all gloom and doom, friends. Because it's not all gloom and doom. Remember, in the beginning, it was just a few words. Let there be light, I believe is how it went. And then the light broke through the darkness. And then God said a few more words. This is good. This is Good. 
bring this up today and make these suggestions today, not to, not to minimize the pain and the suffering and the destruction that exists in the world. There's no minimization intended. But the truth is, is that we do not need to be reminded anymore that there is pain and suffering and destruction in the world. We do not need that reminder. We do need to be reminded that goodness is possible. We need to be reminded that the world is and can be good. So speak that good. and Be that good. Let's just see what happens next. If a few words, warning of destruction can go a long way, imagine how much further words spoken out of love can travel. Let us pray. God, thank you for for sparing Nineveh. Thank you for the example of the Ninevites. Thank you for making all things possible. Help us to repent from what we need to repent from so that we can speak the good and be the good. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And all God's people say, Amen.